Thank you for joining us for episode three of the So What series. This series is designed to launch our website at brendanflanagan.com. And in it, we ask the penetrating biblical questions normally withheld from polite company. This is Brendan Flanagan. Today we're asking, what is faith? All aspects of life require a degree of faith. We have faith. Our car will start every morning. We believe in gravity. We trust our doctors. But when something moves from the observable to the unobservable, from the known to the unknown, then faith kicks into high gear. Now we must truly have faith in things unseen. We often hear, I took a leap of faith, I stepped out in faith, or I went on blind faith. But what is faith? While our modern sayings possess a degree of truth, if we turn to the Bible, we will find the most systematic and satisfying answers. Thank you for joining us for episode three of the So What series. This is Brendan Flanagan. Today we're asking, what is faith? According to the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 1, we read this about faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This verse best encapsulates a precise definition of faith. Faith is a belief or trust in something unseen. But faith is not blind. Faith depends upon two elements, the knowledge of a future reality and the present assurance that this future unseen reality is actually true. And God does this in two ways. First, God's assurance provides the knowledge of a future reality with him. He ratifies this reality and assures us by his word. The scriptures demonstrate God's fulfillment of his past promises and assure us of his future covenant faithfulness. Assurance literally means standing under. So in faith, we stand under God's word and legitimately claim our future right from his guarantee. God speaks in truth and in faith we trust his word. And the second component of faith is this. God convicts the believer and emboldens them through the Holy Spirit. Despite the abstract intangibility of the future fulfillment of God's promises, God presently convicts a believer with a tangible and real boldness by the Holy Spirit. We see this in John chapter 16, verse 8. And he, when he comes, the Holy Spirit will convict the world and sin concerning righteousness. The Holy Spirit will also serve to illuminate and educate the believer. We can trust in the Holy Spirit to guide us and assure us of the future realities that God provides. This conviction serves as God's present proof and a confirmation for the future completion of his promises. So a biblical leap of faith involves both the edifying power of God's word and a present conviction by his spirit. So we can truly say that faith, while unseen, is not blind. For the groundwork of the Christian faith rests not on the convincing scientific theories or modern ideas of this world but on the very power of God, found in his provable word. And we see this in Psalm 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times. All of the sayings of God, all the words of God contained in the scriptures are pure. They're without fault. 
They do not lie. And they've been tested time and time again. This verse says seven times refined. So that's what we're depending on, his provable word and the certain conviction of his spirit. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we read this, For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. The word of Christ allows man to tangibly listen to God. But true faith depends upon more than listening, but hearing. And this is the difference. We may listen, but we may not hear. This is what people often say. You're not hearing me. You may be listening, but you're not hearing me. You're not getting what I'm saying. Hearing entails both comprehension and compliance. Only God's power allows spiritually dead men to hear. This is what we read in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us of all our transgressions. God has brought faith in our heart. God has assured us through his Holy Spirit, convicted us by his power, and showed us the way through his word. This Holy Spirit of God convicts men and women of their unrighteousness, softens their hearts, and allows the word of God to penetrate into their very soul. We see this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of Christ and the Holy Spirit work in conjunction to bear the fruit of our faith. And we must accept Christ as the center of our faith in all of our resulting actions. And this is what we do when we come to an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ, when we confess him as Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. This is a complete submission to Jesus Christ. He is now the Lord of our lives, and we give him credit for all the righteous acts that we produce. Under the weight of his word and the conviction of his spirit, we repent and trust in him. And we've been seeing this throughout the weeks, talking about what is the gospel and what is repentance. Faith is ultimately the culmination of repentance. It's us coming to a full relationship with God through the gospel preaching. In Jesus Christ, we possess a faith in God, yet Christ's work continues. He not only initiates and begins our faith, pulling us from this world of sin and darkness, making our dead flesh arise into a spiritual life. He not only begins this work, but he perfects our faith. He perfects the work that he began. We see this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, which reads this, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Christ sits on the right hand of the throne of God. He is in heaven, but we know with certainty that he began the faith in us. He's the author of our faith, and he continues to perfect our faith through the power of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the vicar of Christ, the representative of Christ on earth. And by the Spirit's power working in us, convicting us of our sin, we are yet perfected daily. This is the sanctifying process of the Christian believer. God's Word plants the seed, and His Spirit harvests the produce. We may strive in personal piety, but apart from Christ, our faith is meaningless. And this is what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. 
And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. Without Christ, without his death and resurrection, without the gospel hope, faith is vain. It's useless. It's completely meaningless. It leads to nothing, and it can produce no godly fruit. Good works never produce faith. God's power ensures that our faith produces good works. And we see this in James chapter 2, verse 22. You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. As God continues to work in us and through us by the power of his Holy Spirit, we continue to exemplify the Spirit, the light of God that's working within us, and we produce works according to our faith. Works are the revelation that faith exists in our hearts. We cannot produce godly works without faith. Faith is the root of the tree. It produces all things. Only Christ, the very rock, the very root of our faith, may produce, ensure, and perfect the Christian faith. Thank you for listening this week to What is Faith? You can listen to this podcast and others like it on brendanflanagan.com. Until next time, may you take courage in Christ. Thank you.